Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on eight. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons and Lions. I am your host, Aaron Freeman. I am joined today by Matt Derry, the, the host of the Locked On Lions podcast. We're doing a crossover pod talking Falcons-Lions in week three of the NFL regular season. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, before we get things started, I just want you to know that this crossover pod of the Lockdown Falcons podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. So, Matt, uh, welcome to my show, and I, I hope you extend the same to me on your show. <laughs> yes, indeed, Aaron Freeman. Great to uh, great to talk to you, my friend. Uh, Lions and Falcons and what should be a... Uh, a whale of a football game. All of a sudden, uh, the marquee matchup for Sunday, it's kind of ironic that Chris Myers, who, who I love and is a friend of the podcast and, uh, and was a friend of the radio show back in the day, Chris is like, he and Moose Johnston are kind of the fourth team here, Aaron, for broadcast at Fox, and they're doing the game. This is not the Joe Buck game, but maybe it should be. Who knew in week three this would be such a uh, a delectable matchup? But it is. It's kind of exciting. Yes, yes, definitely. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, the Falcons' 2017 season – is really sort of about proving to people that, you know, last year wasn't a fluke and, and they can get over the, the sort of unlucky way, if you if you want to term it that way, their season ended. But it looks like with the Lions, they're trying to even, even though they made the playoffs last year, they're still in the uh, on the journey to try to gain some sort of respect around the league and prove that they are a legitimate contender in the NFC. No, I think you're right, and I think for the Lions, and, and I've talked about it all week, uh, I've been very impressed with what they've done. They've been very workmanlike. Going back to training camp, there's been no distractions. A couple of suspensions to some guys that took some you know, performance-enhancing drugs or, or, or whatever, what, not, not PEDs, but um, you know, things that violated the league's substance abuse policy, probably marijuana, Kyrie Thornton, and Armonte Bryant, a couple of defensive linemen that they could use. But other than that, the, the D-line minus those guys and kind of shorthanded, especially with Ziggy uh, Ansa in week one not being all that healthy, um, has been fine. And they've got, they've got a couple of guys that have been rushing the passer and getting the job done. The, the D-tackles have stopped the run. Um, and it's been – they're kind of, Aaron, in a weird way, saving the sports town right now because the Tigers are, are, are just absolute booty. The Pistons, the Pistons and Wings are not going to be very good either. Although the Pistons might make the playoffs, but there's no buzz. And so, you know, the, the Lions are kings of, ta- of the town anyway because it's the NFL. But they're actually pretty good. And Sunday should be Ford Field should absolutely be rocking. I, I guess my my question for you is with the Falcons is like you said, hangover from last year. What what about losing the Super Bowl and choking it away? How they they seem to have been responding quite well, right? Yes, yes. Uh, a big question heading into this season, and the two big questions surrounding this team, um, it, despite the, the Super Bowl loss, was losing offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan, whether or not Steve Sarkeesian 
in his real first sort of time being an NFL assistant, he had one stint as a quarterbacks coach with the Raiders under North Turner 13 years ago when, when the league was a very different league. Um, so that doesn't really necessarily count too much. Whether the offense would see a significant drop off or a small one. There's probably, you know, statistically speaking, given how productive they were, it was pretty much inevitable that there would be some sort of drop off is just how much. And the second question was whether their defense would make the strides that they show towards the end of the season, continue that. Um, they're, they're young, athletic, fast defense. They, they, they want to have a, one of the top pass rushes in the league. And so far, both of those things based off of this week two win over green Bay, look to be uh, things that are, are coming to fruition. And, and so things are looking up for the Falcons, uh, despite how the season ended. There's every reason to be optimistic, at, at, you know, as much as you can be in, in week three of the NFL regular season, that this team is, is going to be poised to sort of have the sort of rebound season and not sort of suffer the hangover that uh, most people sort of expected from them. Aaron Freeman locked on Falcons. Matt Derry locked on Lions. It'll cross over here on Crossover Wednesday. Lions and Falcons on Sunday. All right, so, I mean, you look at the team, Aaron. Let's talk about your team first, then we'll get to the Lions. But, um, you know, Matt Ryan is going to get paid. He's going to get more money than Stafford. They're, they're good friends. Stafford talked about it today, how the wives even get along, and they like to hang out. Um, how's he look the first two weeks? Because, you know, last year he was so good. And maybe people thought that he, there's no way he could do that again. Yeah, he's looked fine. You know, he hasn't been putting up, like, you know, the super ridiculous numbers. But then again, you go back to last year, the first two weeks. I don't think he was at that point in terms of the, the ridiculous numbers that led him to be an MVP candidate. But, you know, there hasn't really been any sort of drop-off from him. Um, you know, he hasn't been perfect, but no quarterback really is. Um, but, you know, he's made good decisions, been able to distribute the ball, um, been able to run around, use his legs a little bit, uh, more so than he's used to, to sort of scramble here and there and get the Falcons first down if they need to. So uh, he, he's been, you know, excellent, and you're right, he's going to get that big contract next year. Um, it was something that they might have done this year to sort of get a better price, but now that Derek Carr and, and Matt Stafford have now signed their deals, you know, he, he could potentially, if he does wind up having a season comparable to last year and gets the Falcons to where they want to go later this uh, postseason, um, he could be the first $30 million quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so that'll be an interesting sort of situation if he continues to play at a high level. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? I mean, it's uh, he's special. I mean, and then last year was that offense just clicked so well and that's just the biggest concern, I guess, for me in Detroit is is can the Lions slow them down? I mean, what what would it take for the Falcons' offense to not be clicking? And, and like you said, the first two games, and I know Sunday night last week against Green Bay, um, they had it going, and it doesn't really matter whether Coleman's on the field or Freeman's on the field. It's so well-balanced, isn't it? Yes, yeah. The, you know, the hallmark of the Shanahan offense last year really was their ability to spread the ball around and beat you in multiple ways. You, everybody goes into the game thinking we got to stop Julio Jones, we got to contain Julio Jones, and you know a lot of teams were able to successfully do that last year, but it didn't really slow down the Falcons' offense because they're able to use their running back, they're able to run the football with their both running backs. They sort of treat them as interchangeable. Um, they're both big factors in the passing game. Mohamed Sanu, Taylor Gabriel really emerged from obscurity in Cleveland 
and and really became one of the the better receivers in the NFL. He you know if you pay attention to Football Outsiders, he was actually the number one uh, receiver in the league last year according to their DVOA metric. Julio Jones was number two, um, and it's one of those things where like they have an offense and they showed it against Green Bay that can sort of you know use multiple pieces and not have to focus primarily on one guy. But obviously that one guy, Julio Jones, is a special player. And when he gets going, this offense is basically, you know, at nigh unstoppable in terms of their ability to, to move the ball down the field. All right, before we continue this crossover pod, let's take a moment to talk about money. And by money, I mean gambling. And thanks being the host of this illustrious podcast, I'm constantly being hit up for betting advice. Are the Falcons going to win? Who's going to cover this week? That type of stuff. Well, let me tell you this, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I'm telling people to go to mybookie.ag. You can use the promo code LOCKEDON for up to a 100% deposit bonus. There are plenty of online sports books out there, but mybookie.ag is the only one that gets my stamp of approval. Mybookie.ag is by far the best sports book I've ever used. Mybookie.ag has been in business for years and their reputation is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing. They have the fastest payouts. Seriously, guys, it's just two business days. You can have your own glitzy Las Vegas casino experience right from the sanctity of your couch by just using your smartphone. Go to mybookie.ag, place your bets. Tell them I sent you by using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You play, you win, you get paid. Interesting with the Lions offense, Aaron. Um, you know, man, week one against the Cardinals got off to such a lousy start. It was one of the ugliest quarters of football the Lions have played in a while. And it, it was a joke. They look really bad. And all of a sudden they turn it on, get a couple of uh, turnovers, force some turnovers, which was nice. And then Stafford went to work. And then, you know, this past Monday night, I'm sure you saw it. The Lions really wanted to get the ground game going. Stafford kept checking down to run plays, which is not Lion-esque at all. And here's Amir Abdullah getting 17 carries in a game, which I really liked, even against a very good Giants, you know, front seven. And um, they tried to run the football a little bit um, and did it in a, at least for the Lions, a successful way, over 130 yards. And like I said, Abdullah was over 80, wasn't a 100-yard rusher, which they haven't had in years around here. But that's that'll be one key, I guess, on Sunday would be if the Lions can run the football and Abdullah can, can stay healthy and they mix in some Theo Riddick, that would keep Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and, and Freeman and those guys off the field. So we'll see if the Lions can accomplish that. I know you're going to tell me about Vic Beasley not being there, uh, rush, you know, rushing the quarterback. That's got to be a big loss for the Falcons this weekend, right? Yes, it, it, it is a pretty big loss because obviously people know Vic Beasley led the NFL in sacks last year with 15 and a half. Um, the, the good thing about the Falcons' defensive line, however, is that even though Vic Beasley was the league leader in sacks, you didn't always watch the Falcons play last year and come away thinking, oh, that Vic Beasley is their best player in that defensive line. There were some weeks where it was Adrian Claiborne, where there were some weeks where it was Grady Jarrett. And, and the good thing, if, if, there's, if the Falcons can come away with this big Vic Beasley injury, who's got a torn hamstring, we don't know quite the severity of it, but they've already... You know, the reports have been that he'll miss at least a month. It, it could possibly be longer than that. 
Um, but the the positive thing for the Falcons if, in his absence is they do still have some good players. They have Claiborne. They have Jared Still. Brooks Reed has looked really good so far this year. Uh, they they used the number one pick on Tack McKinley, and, and this really gives an opportunity for McKinley to get sort of fill the void. He's going to be the main guy that they're going to ask to sort of take over some of those snaps uh, that Vic Beasley's, uh, you know, injury and, and absence uh, opens up to him. And it's going to be really sort of this. Uh, this is going to be some opportunity for him to sort of really showcase where he is as he's been at this point in time, sort of more of a, a situational guy and, and part of the rotation. Um, but it's it's going to be really important that the the Falcons can sort of attack that uh, Lions offensive line. We, you know, they, they you guys have dealt with the the injury to Taylor Decker with Greg Robinson. If you look at that offensive line you would look at Greg Robinson presumably as the biggest weakness however that's not the side of the field that Vic Beasley lines up on he he lines up on the left side of the defensive line which means he goes up against the right tackle where the Lions made a pretty significant upgrade of Ricky I'm sorry Ricky Wagner this offseason so I I think it's really going to be at least this week uh the absence of Beasley may not make as big a difference as it could in other weeks just because if the Falcons are going to attack a weakness, it's going to be the opposite side of the field, whether Beasley was in this game or not. So it's really going to be more about uh, can Adrian Claiborne, can Tack McKinley really expose Greg Robinson and, and sort of use him as the, the weakest leak on the offensive line to sort of uh, contain Stafford and, and not allow him to do the things that he, you know, I, watching that Giants game early, watching him run around and, and making plays with his legs was uh, not something that was completely unknown, but not quite to the degree that uh, I would have expected going into that game. No, and uh, you know, let, let's get back to Tank McKinley for a second. I loved him on draft night when he brought the like the giant poster of his grandmother. Yeah, yes, uh, and I know some people got on him about. It. I, I thought it was really special. I, I don't know, the guy was just, that was pure emotion. I, I, I don't know. I thought it. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I know some people made fun of the guy. I don't know why. And I thought it was it was real. He, he had come from nothing and raised by her. I thought it was pretty cool. How has he played? He's played pretty well as a rookie. I think uh, I saw a stat earlier today from Pro Football Focus that he's like second among rookie pass rushers in terms of pressures with like six or something like that. Um, I don't think he's had a sack yet. So I, I, I the hope is that, you know, with the increased reps, this week and, and in the coming weeks, he'll he'll get that first NFL sack. Um, but he's looked good. He you know he's got he's got speed. He's got length. Uh, he's got a nice bull rush off the edge, and uh, it's it's just getting mo- him more reps and getting him a little bit more comfortable with using his hands and whatnot to um, be able to effectively use those moves to get uh, consistent pressure. Well, you mentioned it before, Aaron, um, and this is Locked on Lions, Locked on Falcons, a little uh, crossover edition here on a Wednesday. Greg Robinson was absolutely brutal in week two, and you know, t- losing Taylor Decker on the left side as your left tackle and kind of the anchor of your offensive line, even though he was only a first-year player last year, many people thought that that would really stunt the growth of this football team, and the Lions have sort of responded uh, give Bob Quinn, the general manager, credit for going out and getting Robinson at least somebody to fill in and spending a six-round pick on him and hopeful, hopeful, hoping that a change of scenery from L.A. would do him some good. He played very well in the preseason. Week one against Arizona, he wasn't bad. And then Monday night, he got eaten alive by Olivier Vernon, got called for a couple of holding penalties, got beat for some sacks. So, yeah, if I'm the Falcons, I'm definitely sending a couple of guys his way 
um, on Sunday afternoon, and we'll, and we'll see. The Lions' defense, you know, Jared Davis in the middle, the linebacker, the rookie that they took in the first round, uh, concussed right now, didn't practice today. We'll see how that goes. But Darius Slay on Julio Jones will be very, very fun to watch. Uh, Slay's, you know, I think he's playing with a little chip on his shoulder. A lot of people not calling him a top-ten corner in this league. and he, He's special. He, the, the Lions' secondary right now, especially when Miles Killebrew, the second-year player, is out there, Lions secondary has done a nice job. They didn't let David Johnson run wild in week one. I know Odell Beckham Jr. is not 100% healthy, but he didn't really get loose in game two. So um, it's a good matchup. The Lions defense right now is playing pretty well. Yeah. Um, I know Falcon fans have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder just because they feel like Desmond Trufant doesn't get quite as much national recognition as he deserves. He he came in that Sunday night game, had two turnovers, a fumble recovery for a touchdown and an interception. So that helped to get him a little bit of a national spotlight. I think Slay is a similar player. I think those two guys are two of the more underrated top-end corners. And I, it, it's going to be interesting, I agree with you, that the Slay versus Julio matchup, I, I imagine the Lions having a player like Slay will use him to sort of shadow Julio and, and give him a little bit of safety help to, to sort of prevent uh, you know those a uh, few occasions where Julio is going to, you know, be Julio Jones and, and beat you. But I, I do think Sl- Slay and, and Julio Jones can definitely go toe-to-toe, and I think uh, Slay is certainly a good enough player to hold his own. I guess for me the real question with the Lions' secondary is not necessarily Darius Slay. It's going to be if the Falcons go back to that offense that they were often last year and look like they were in week two, which they can spread the football around. Um, will it be the other Falcons receivers against the other Lions corners and the other Lions safeties that uh, do a lot more damage than maybe Julio Jones against uh, Darius Slay? Yeah, well, here's the other thing too, uh, Aaron, is that for the last couple of years and a little bit the other night when the Lions had a breakdown on the Evan Ingram touchdown, but the Lions have not guarded tight ends in the passing game very well. I know Hooper had that big play against the Bears, right? That was the, the yes. long touchdown. Austin yes. Hooper. So tell me about their usage of the tight end so far, because that could be a place where the Falcons could make some hay. Yeah, it's interesting because that, that first Bears game, Hooper had a, didn't have a single target for the first 47 minutes of that game, and then he had that big touchdown catch where he threw that vicious stiff arm on an 88-yard touchdown uh, on a coverage bus by and large, by the Bears, where he was just basically wide open, you know, 40 yards down the field. Um, and then he had another big play uh, for 40 yards where, he, again, he, he showed his uh, Walter Payton-esque stiff-arming skills and, uh, you know, broke for a 40-yard gain. And those were his only two catches. And then he had a pretty quiet performance against Green Bay. You know, that, that performance in Week 1 sort of raised the expectations for him a little bit, probably a little bit too high. Um, he's a first-year starter. He's flashed potential quite a bit, but he hasn't quite integrated himself fully to be as on par with some of the, the, the Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and Taylor Gabriel types that are sort of the, the first options for Matt Ryan in this offense. So it's going to be interesting given the weaknesses that the Bears have at the linebacker position, especially now that Jared Davis is dealing with a concussion, whether or not the Falcons are going to try to feature Hooper a lot more this week as well, in addition to their running backs with Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. Um, you know, they like to split those guys out wide. They love getting those one-on-one matchups with a linebacker, and I think those are matchups that the Falcons should feel pretty confident that they'll be able to exploit this week. Is there any place that the Lions 
like you said, exploit. Is there anything that the Falcons over the first couple of weeks have looked weak in any department, special teams, somewhere on defense, somewhere on offense? I told you where the Lions are. I think left tackle is, is by far the biggest problem. Uh, special teams have been good. Uh, you know, defense has been good. The pass rush has been better than, than, than we thought. Running game is still, you know, a work in progress. But what about for the, uh, for the Falcons? Yeah, I think the offensive line is, is right now, if you're looking at their performance over these first two games, the offensive line has to be the biggest weakness, the biggest concern right now. They have a, a new starter at right guard in Wes Schweitzer. Um, right tackle Ryan Schrader went down with a concussion uh, against the Packers on the opening drive. His status is up in the air for this upcoming week, but given he's in the concussion protocol at this point in time, the assumption, the safe assumption is he won't play this weekend. And if he doesn't play this weekend, I think... Um, his replacement in Ty Sambrello kind of struggled against the Packers last week uh, with Clay Matthews and, and giving up a, a couple of sacks and a couple of pressures and not really being a factor in the run game. He'll have to, if he's going to start in Schrader's stead, he's going to have to step up his game pretty big. They brought in Austin Pastor, who played with the Browns last year, uh, started at for them at right tackle. So he's an option as well to potentially replace Schrader. But that is an area of the roster with that right side of their offensive line uh, with Schweitzer and, and whoever replaces Schrader potentially um, is an area of, of weakness. And that's something that I do think the Lions, if they're smart, can, you know, move Ziggy Ansah around a little bit to sort of use him in a, like a Michael Bennett-esque fashion, which play him inside, play him outside, get him some uh, favorable matchups against some of the Falcons' lesser offensive linemen and let him go to town similar to what he did against Eric Flowers. And, and see if that's a way that they can sort of slow down this Falcons offense. If, if Ziggy Ansah and guys like Haloti Nata and, and Ashawn Robinson and all those guys are just feasting on, on sort of the weaker parts of the Falcons offensive line and, and really sort of uh, limiting all the things that the Falcons could do offensively. So what do you think? Are you picking the Falcons to win? Yes, I, I am confident in the Falcons. I do think the Lions could keep this com- close and competitive for two, maybe three quarters, but I just think the Falcons have a little bit too much firepower um, that will uh, eventually assert itself and the matchup sort of favor them. Um, but uh, you never know. If, if, if the On the road, the Falcons get to get off to a, a little bit of a slow start. Um, I think the Lions will sort of hope that they can get a couple of uh, big plays. Uh, the Falcons haven't been tackling particularly well these last two weeks, so getting guys like Abdullah and Golden Tate in space if, if guys are missing tackles, could certainly be valuable and, and hope that maybe a couple of turnovers will uh, slow down the Falcons' offense as well. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that uh, I might be with you on this one. I, if you went through the first three games of the Lions' schedule and said home to Arizona, a team that, that thought going into the season would bounce back after a bad year last year with a lot of talent still, at the Giants for Monday Night Football, an 11-win team last year, and you know, when was the last time the Lions went on the road against a really good team? I know they beat the Saints. A couple of years ago on Monday night, that was kind of a waste December, two bad teams game. But would they go on the road and win in New York, which they did. So if you said, hey, I'll give you the Lions going 2-1 and one in their first three games, I think you would take it. So I think the Lions are going to be right in this thing. I think it's going to be a good game. And you're right. To me, the class of, of the NFL right now, not just the AFC or NFC, is Atlanta. I just think you guys are loaded and um, – I think it just might be too much for Detroit. And the speed you have on defense, too, and all those young guys flying around, I, I think the Lions could play a good game. But, you know, I, I think the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons right now are, are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. Yeah. 
I would concur with that, uh, Matt. So, uh, yeah, I think I think this is a game that's certainly in the Falcons' favor, but I do think the Lions are an up-and-coming team and, and certainly won't back down from the challenge of, of trying to sort of uh, uh, show up the Falcons. You know, one of the things that we knew going into the season with the Falcons coming off that Super Bowl loss is they would be looked upon like you just described them as the class of the NFC, and, and they would get teams' best shot. We saw that against Chicago. Um, I think Packers fans would maybe not say that was the best shot Green Bay potentially had in that game. But uh, I, I do think the Lions will probably give them their best shot and, and really sort of challenge them. And uh, the Falcons, it just won't be a, a win that they can coast through. Aaron, this was fun. Thanks for having me on, my friend. All right, man. I will talk to you later. Doo-doo. I'm, I'm trying to make the Skype sound because I didn't record him hanging up the phone like I normally do. All right, guys. This episode of Locked On Falcons was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie.ag, where they will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. So guys, we are still doing the Pro Football Focus giveaway, and we're, we're inching towards that time during the week where we will give away a free Pro Football Focus Edge account. With that Pro Football Focus Edge account, which is a $40 value, you get NFL player grades, snap counts, position rankings, fantasy predictions, all the access to their draft stuff, you know, all the stuff that you want from Pro Football Focus. Also want you guys to know that uh, Director of Fantasy for Pro Football Focus, Jeff Ratcliffe, appears weekly on Locked On Fantasy Football every Thursday with Vinny Iyer. You can also check out Mike Renner, friend of this podcast, on Locked On NFL every Wednesday with Matt Williamson. And, okay, so, obviously, you, you I've told you what you win. How do you win? Well, you do that by going to iTunes, giving this podcast, Locked On Falcons, a rating review of five stars, only five stars, okay? And... Say whatever you want in your rating review, but you definitely need to include your Twitter handle. If you have a Twitter handle, if you don't have a Twitter handle, you can still leave a five-star review. You just won't be automatically entered in the contest. But if you do have a Twitter handle, leave it in, the, in the, your rating and your, your review. And at the end of each week, we will pick a winner that will be given access to Pro Football Focus Edge. Again, team player pages. Pro Football Focus Fantasy, draft articles, all that stuff. So uh, that's what we're giving away. We're doing that every week of this season. So keep pumping in those five-star reviews on iTunes. If you've already dropped a five-star review, use somebody else's phone, use somebody else's computer. Um, do whatever you can to get this great value from Pro Football Focus. All right, guys. So that's it. Uh, appreciate Matt for coming on and talking with me, chatting with me about this game. It's an interesting game. I, I think it'll be uh, a fun matchup um, to see sort of where the Lions are. You guys, if you're longtime listeners of this podcast, you know I, I don't have the highest opinion of the the Lions in terms of their ability to beat the Falcons. But I, it will be interesting. I, I do think if Ryan Schrader doesn't play, that is a that is to me a legitimate concern because I do think Wes Schweitzer and whoever replaces. Uh, Schrader, presumably Ty Sambrello, is a legit weakness on this team. And while I do think the Falcons can survive that weakness uh, against the Lions' pass rush, I do think it could wind up keeping 
this offense from from dropping the 30 burger that I think a lot of people think they're capable of doing, assuming that they were at full strength heading into this Lions game. And so, you know, if, if they if the Lions defensive line, their pass rush can sort of hold the Falcons to, you know, under 27, under 24 points, which is possible. Um, then all of a sudden, that's a winnable game for the Lions, I think. I, I don't think, you know, if it gets into the 30s, I think that would be a problem for the Lions. But um, anything under 28 points, I think, is a winnable game for the Lions. So I, I do think they could cause some problems given some of the question marks on the offensive line. But we'll see. I, I think the Falcons will come away from it. So I am picking them for the third week in a row um, if, if, if you're keeping track of that sort of thing. I know last year I think it was it was a long-running choke that I, I think I went like, four and 12 picking the team, even though there was like six weeks in there where I was purposefully picking against them because we had a nice little streak going in which I was picking them. Every time I was getting those picks wrong, they were winning. So, um, yeah, but so far three, two and oh, so hopefully we can keep that streak going opposite streak. Okay. No iTunes reviews. I'm disappointed guys. I'm very disappointed. I can't read these iTunes reviews. But uh, we did. I missed a question on yesterday's Q and A, and it came earlier in the week, and I just overlooked it. It comes from Aaron Burke Lumley. He asks, "I have a question, Aaron. The Falcons and Steelers had very similar weeks, as in they both went on the road to teams that were bad last year. The Browns and Bears and struggled in some of the sports media I listened to. It seems as if they gave the Steelers a pass for barely beating the Browns, but on the same note, criticized the Falcons." For starting slow against the Bears team that I would argue is better than the Browns, no Miles Garrett. I completely understand the criticisms and worries of, of the Falcons, as I do the excuses for the Steelers. First game on the road, slow start, etc. I just think if you're going to critique or make excuses for one team, it's very biased to not do so for the other, especially considering it's only week one. Do you have any thoughts on this, or am I just a ranting fool? Obviously, Aaron asked this question prior to the week two game, so... Um, maybe uh, his, uh, his his opinions are, are slightly different or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, yeah, this is going to sound weird to me, but uh, coming from me, given that I have a podcast about the Falcons, but I, I would generally, my general philosophy is I don't really pay too much attention to outside opinions. Um, I, I think, one, you know, I could go on a 15-minute rant about, you know, the problems in sports media, uh, but I will not do that. Because I, I I said I will limit the rants, and you know, and we've been pretty good um, this past week without getting any rants. So I don't want to break my streak. Um, but it, it is one of those things where, like, I, I do think there is a lot of inherent biases. The, the, um, you know, if I can play, you know, the "woe is me" Falcon fan card, which you know I personally think gets paid, played a little bit too much by Falcon fans, but certainly is not like. Um, there isn't a little bit of woe is me, you know, when you're a Falcon fan. Look, I, every other fan talk, I complain about how the, this team has beaten me down after 25 years. So I, I can't necessarily run from it. Um, but it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I just think one of the reasons why I'm, I'm sort of meandering with this answer. But one of the reasons why I started writing consistently for Falcon fans back in 2006 um, and I, I'm sure many of you listening are like, what? I never even heard of you until like three weeks ago. Um, so there you go. I, I'm not good at promotion. But one of the reasons why I started that website, or I started the website earlier, but I didn't really, it didn't really turn into a real re- website until about 2006. 
um, with articles and, and all that other stuff. The point I'm, I'm, I'm making, I'm getting to, one of the reasons why I got into this was because there wasn't a lot of great coverage out there. It was the, at that time, it was basically the AJC. And, uh, you know, no offense to the people that work there for that illustrious newspaper, but it, it wasn't the world's best coverage at that time. And even to this day, it's still not the world's best coverage. Um, you know, at various times over the last decade, some people might even call it a joke. But uh, that is what it is. Um, you know, I'm not saying that. I, I still I don't want to burn that bridge to have some AJC writers and contributors on this podcast. So I'm not saying that. That's just what other people say. Um, but it is one of those things where it's like you, you listen to outside media and you just it's not good. Generally speaking, when you turn on ESPN and NFL Network, it's just not good. You're not getting, I think, good, insightful stuff like you. You'll get some, but it, it just it's really sort of embedded in the sea of hot takeitude and it's just like oh let's let's you know let's talk about matt ryan being a third tier quarterback instead of a second tier quarterback because it's going to get people riled up or something like that and it's like who cares like, I, I don't i don't listen to this radio personality for their quarterback rankings like you know if trent dilfer or ron jaworski did their quarterback rankings i would pay attention to it but i probably wouldn't agree with it either um so it's just one of those things where it's like yeah it is biased but you you know, you're you're gonna find that bias, especially when you when you're when you're listening to some of these um, outside sources and even some of the inside sources. So it's one of those things where it's just like I wouldn't I take take it all with a grain of salt. I guess is my very long winded answer. Um, I don't you know I don't personally. I mean, I guess part of it is because back in 2006 I came to this revelation that oh. All this stuff sucks. No one covers the Falcons well, so I'll I'll try my best to cover them the best I can. Um, and so, like I've been living that life for for over a decade, and so I don't really pay too much attention to it. And I I, I can understand if other people that are a little bit more new to it and and sort of now diving deeper and deeper into it and finding out that you know, oh, it sucks down here. You know, like it, it's just like there's no bottom or anything like that. Then. I can understand why it still bothers you some, but um, yeah, I, I hope that's my long meandering way of, I hope that makes you feel better, Aaron. So yeah. Okay. That's it guys. Um, where did Aaron submit his question? He submitted his question on Facebook. Locked on Falcons is the Facebook page. You can also submit it to on Twitter. Locked on Falcons is the Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is at Falcfans. You can find that on Twitter. If you have podcast-related topics, you can send it to Falcon. Just let me know in the tweet that it's podcast-related. If you send it to Lockdown Falcons, I'll automatically know it's podcast-related. Um, where else can you get in contact with the show? Well, my friends, you can also email LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. All right? Email is a great way of getting... Your name submitted for the fan talks. I'm already lining up people. I'm starting to actually respond to the people that I was supposed to respond to in August. Now that we're almost in October, as you guys know, long-time listeners, I am the hugest procrastinator in the entire world. So I'm starting to line up those guests. So we, we, we should have some fan talks lined up for you, not only tomorrow, but in the future weeks. So look forward to that. When you send that email to be on the fan talk, you'll go in the queue. Just give me your contact information. If you have a Skype account, that's where we normally record it. If you have a Skype account, send it. If you don't have a Skype account, no worries. Send me your phone number um, and your social security, 
and your bank, your routing number and all that type of stuff. And we'll get all that taken care of. Kidding um, about the routing number and the social security. You send me your phone number, though. Um, and we'll get that taken care of. Also, you can also send an email if you're curious about the details of maybe contributing some written articles that are in addition to this podcast. All right. I, I'm being vague with it because there hasn't been an official announcement about it, but I'm just sort of collecting uh, willing individuals that want to write and produce Falcons related content um, alongside this podcast that will have the label locked on Falcons or, or whatever you want to call it, uh, slapped aside it, associate with the, the glory that is this Locked on Falcons podcast. Just bask in the ambience, as they say. Um, I'm, I'm being ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not going to publicly divulge anything until we get a, a official public announcement, but you can send an email to LockedOnFalcons at mail.com if you want to find out more information if you're curious about writing. Um, but that announcement should come soon. Um, what else? Audioboom.com, FileFans.com. You can leave a comment there. That's where the show is posted daily. I think that's it. Uh, I need to really start a checklist on this on these outros so that they're not as horrible as they clearly are. But uh, I, I think, you know, waiting to see how much Aaron butchers the outro is, is now a, a new pastime with this podcast. So hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow with a fan talk. And uh, rise up, Falcons, in brotherhood, whatever you want to, whatever hashtag you're, you're partial to. So use that. Let's go. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.